Hello there, and welcome to the Stay Off My Lawn podcast, where we'll have a little fun, lots of laughs, and discussions on the common sense that needs to be applied to a lot of today's world news issues. And now, the disclaimer. Stay Off My Lawn is not intended as legal, medical, or financial advice. Void where prohibited. No purchase necessary to win. Open to legal U.S. residents 18 or over in the contiguous 48 states. Any resemblance to anyone living or deceased is purely coincidental. Actual price may vary. Only use as directed. Not a member of FDIC. And now, here are your hosts, Mike and Richard. <laughs> Welcome to Vix, Vix, this week's edition of Stay Off My Lawn. We are starting off just perfectly. Uh, it's January 2nd, 2024, episode 50. Uh, brand new year of making fun of politicians and the things they say, which is our, our favorite things. Uh, it, that should be our tagline. We Maybe. do that? Really? <laughs> <laughs> making fun of politicians and having a good time or, or something. I mean, there's a tagline in there somewhere. That's right. We never laugh on this show. That is a misnomer that we are informatively funny. I think, so just pay attention. I, 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 yeah, I think people do have the... the <laughs> People think conservatives are 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 no fun, but I can I can attest to you. I can be very fun, as as much fun as a white person can be. I mean, it's, it's that's it's right. Totally... We're too wild and the crazy guys. <laughs> sorry, I don't know where that came from. It came from Steve Martin and uh, <laughs> yes. who who is the who Dan Aykroyd? Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gosh. Back when Saturday Night Live was actually funny. Um, new, <laughs> new Year's resolutions. We got to talk about this. And, and uh, we were talking off the air. That a friend of mine from high school, uh, she actually posted this. Like, you know, I don't make any New Year's resolutions after last year because I vowed to uh, last at the beginning of 2023 to lose 20 pounds. And so far, and this was the last week of, of uh, December, she goes, and so far I've got 30 more to go. So, I mean, she, she's just not making any more resolutions. I don't blame you at all i just uh, i think joe joe was asked about uh uncle joe was asked about resolutions the other day and he said to to be around for another year to, to be around next year and this was in january 1st so does, does that mean that he just wants to stay alive another year <laughs> i think i think that's a, these, these are questions inquiring minds want to know uh, uh-huh well um uh, mm, yeah i think he wants to still pretend to be uh, maybe that might it. be yeah. one of the things that he's doing uh that wants to do but uh, uh somebody was talking about the polls and they're going how is it he's even within four points uh, they're his numbers are horrible and even the democrats are going oh hell no yeah, yeah. we we gotta do better than this it's a good question you know but i mean what are they going to do and, and i still don't believe I still don't believe in the Greasy Gavin uh, thing that I don't think that the Democratic Party, for what they stand for, it's all about all about people of color. It's all about your gender. It's all about things that you were born with that really shouldn't matter. Qualifications don't necessarily matter. So I, I really find it hard to believe that they're going to leapfrog over Kamala to go to Greasy Gavin, which I think would probably be. Uh, a, a, a smart move, but because I don't think Kamala is presidential material and that has nothing to do with her gender or skin color, just, just to get that cleared. But I, I, I mean, I, but I don't think Gavin's much of a presidential candidate either. But I mean, no, know, what I, 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 uh, people are looking at California going, if you're so good, why have you lost? Like uh, now they're upwards of uh, over a million people. And that's just people. That isn't all the businesses that they've lost that oh, have yeah. said, oh, hell no, and booked it. Yeah, especially um, in the cities. Yeah. Yeah. And, and which is they don't have the fun pretty good. Pretty soon they're going to they're starting to run out of other people's money. Mm -hmm. And yeah. now he wants to give 700,000 <laughs> uh, illegal immigrants come to our state. If you can make it here, we'll give you health care. Okay, well, that'll bankrupt the system in a short period. And what, I don't know if it was California, but one state said that they were going to uh, fast track to where the illegal immigrants are going to have the right to vote. It's it's being New York is, is uh, New York? planning okay. that already. Yeah. Yep. Wonderful, wonderful. I think. Ah, uh, yes, another new year of what the hell are you thinking? <laughs> 
<laughs> but that's what keeps us going. This, these kind of these kind of wisdom nugget things that these politicians spew and spew is the exact word I wanted to use in case you were wondering. Um, yes. <laughs> so. Oh, we had a, a, a wonderful holiday. Hope yours was good. Yeah, and before I forget, uh, a, a friend of the show who, who listens on a real regular basis uh, sent me a note the other day. Uh, this is thanks to Fred in Boise. He said, episode 49, dot, 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 was outstanding. I don't know if that says anything about us not being there, and he <laughs> liked it. He really enjoyed the the radio show that we did with the group, uh, my friend Irma. Oh, so yeah, yeah. Uh, he just thought it was great. He said it was just a perfect thing to have between Christmas and New Year's. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, good. It was nice good. to get a compliment. I, yeah, I was hoping it didn't mean I should be outstanding in the hall away from the microphone. Um, but but I, I'm thinking that I'm going to take it positively. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, it was, I, I did. I think it did uh, it kind of wrapped up nicely, and it was it was short. And uh, you know, the, the my friend Irma thing. I, 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 every time somebody actually listens all the way through, they are they are. Uh, it's very complimentary because it really turned out well. And, and Richard was the director. I don't think we've said that before, but Richard was the director of it. Was sort of like herding cats. It was it was a kind of a. a there were times where just cra- stop everybody. Wait, <laughs> we're going to try to do this a second time. Stop talking to each other. It's it was like a crazy was- time. It was. We had people eating. We. <laughs> <laughs> it was really fun. Turn off your microphone when you're eating the granola bar, please. Uh, but yeah, it was, it, was, it was funny. It was funny. Uh, oh, shoot. Right, yeah, anyway, it was yeah. It was fun. So I, I enjoyed doing it and everybody all had the same mindset. We were going to do a good show and that's what they wanted. And boy, everybody got, everybody got serious when it's like, okay, this one is the one we're going to yeah. use. And man, the performances and... Didn't have to herd cats. Nope, nope. It was nice. It was everybody was focused on doing the best they could for that. So exactly. it was it was really awesome. So. I, yeah, I think that was a lot of it. Everybody hit their marks. They paid attention when everybody else was talking. They knew what the context was. I mean, everything was. Yeah, it was it was very professionally done. I mean, I, whether it sounded that way on your end or not, but I mean, when when as we were doing it, I mean, I think it was it was fantastic. So I agree. Uh, we we had fun. It was a wonderful holidays. Spent about half of uh, Christmas Day uh, visiting with my uh, girls that are scattered all over the place and uh, talking to them. And my grand, my young grandson, who I introduced to how a proper steak should be cooked and eaten this last <laughs> summer when uh, we went to a p- uh, memorial and they came out west. Um, he, uh, we were talking to him before Christmas, and he said. Yeah, I've had one steak, but it was dry. He was really bummed and disappointed. So the wife, we figured we didn't know what we were going to get him. And she goes, I'm going to get that boy a steak. So she goes and starts looking at what steakhouses there are in Virginia Beach. And so they have a Texas Roadhouse. So we gave him a big gift certificate. They came online. The first thing he says, thanks a lot. We're going to get a steak and everybody's going to order it medium rare with they're going with me. He says, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> that was what he was most excited about. Not the gift certificates to go get some more games for one of their program things that they have. Nope. The steak was number one on his list. How old was he? Is he again? How old is he? Uh, he will be 10 oh my uh, next month. I didn't have that kind of passion about steaks until I was in my 30s. <laughs> that's just incredible. Oh, man, that's awesome. Uh, he had that medium rare steak, and I, I I, had forgot to ask him before, but I, uh, <laughs> so I said, obviously, you remember how to order it. He goes, that's right. Medium rare is the only way to go. <laughs> <laughs> And yes, I all think right. That, I started because my son-in-law wants it to look just the same color as shoe leather. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. Oh. I, there is always, you know, you go out with, uh, go out to eat with another couple, and they order steak, and it's like there was one couple that we went out with, and they both ordered well done, and I had oh, never, I had God. actually never heard those words come out of somebody's mouth at a steakhouse, honestly, and and, and I remember so I just rude. looked at Barbara, I go, we, do we still like these people? <laughs> I don't think that's right at all. Oh, my gosh. Uh, We had uh, some relative friends, leave it at that. And we went over, and uh, at the time, they had a uh, a Kobe beef for two. It was a wonderful meal, and uh, most of the time, it was extremely tender and really good. And that's what he ordered was uh, 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 medium well. 
So it was almost well done, but not quite. And she goes, she just flat told him, she goes, I'm sorry, we won't cook it anymore than medium. Did she really? Wow. Yes. They they told him we will not cook this any more than medium. Well, the thing is, you can't you can't fix it if it's overdone. I mean, because I you know, I yeah. think people think they want medium well, but they don't really understand that medium well is like you need to get new teeth for it. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, we went to the the same place on Fridays and Saturdays. They have uh, prime rib. Oh my God, the prime rib we had this last time about mm, eh, it's been close to a month ago, I guess something like that. First of December. Oh, it just, we, uh, my buddy and I both said medium rare. And if it's rare, we're fine with that. We won't send it back. <laughs> she had rare deals stuck in them when they came out. She just got us rare. It, you could almost cut it with a fork. It was so tender. Melt your mouth. It, oh my it's that Lord. that tender and you got the right au jus that it's on top of it. Oh, yeah, and it was. Oh. You know, it's hard to find good uh, uh, prime rib around here. I, I, I don't remember the last time I've even seen it on the menu. Uh, I don't think Texas Roadhouse has it. I don't think I know uh, uh, Outback doesn't have it. I, I don't even know where you'd find it any, anymore. And yeah, maybe, it's I'm getting not, harder to find. It. A lot of time, it's independents that do it, like yeah. on Friday and Saturday nights. Yeah. That's it. Wow, we visited way too much, but I had I had wonderful holidays. Hopefully, yours yeah, were I good as too. well. I, I, I worked yesterday on New Year's Day. Aww. Yeah. I went to the senior center home. Oh, I'm kind yeah. of their holiday buddy, and uh, I get given a presentation to do what else and uh, add to it and whatever. So it was, it was kind of fun there. It was extremely quiet. I feel bad when it's holidays and they don't have family local or whatever. Yeah. And that's just where they live is it's kind of like a dorm room that they can go out into the quad, if you will, and hang out and watch TV or whatever. I talked to my aunt once in a while. She calls me a couple of times a year and she's in her nineties and, uh, you know, I don't think her son really visits very often. I think she kind of looks forward to the, and I think it was last week, uh, it might've been two weeks ago. It was right before Christmas. She tried to call while we were recording our podcast. So I put it off and I forgot. <laughs> so, oh. yeah. So I had to call her back and, you know, we don't talk very long, but it's like, and the arthritis has really gotten to her and she sounds depressed and it's just, I, I, I hate. Yeah, that that she doesn't get visitors, but I think that her son is the only thing, the only person left in her life, and I think he's a little bit caught up in his own life, and I just hate that. You know, I mean, everybody gets caught up in their own life once in a while, but I just, I just hate that she's lonely. Um, but you know, she's she's in another state, so I don't, I never, I haven't seen her in since I got married. As a matter of fact, she was at the wedding. Oh, yeah, it's been quite a while, but she still keeps up with me. She asks me about everything, and uh, she keeps up with the granddaughters, and yeah, it's pretty nice. So hopefully your Christmas was good. Yeah, we're 11, 12 minutes into the show. We haven't done a single topic. Well, you know, we we always want to get, let's start off with the wisdom from Uncle Joe. We got to do that first. Uh, He never disappoints and he will not this week either. It's Uncle Joe's wisdom of the week. I hope this experience for the speaker has been one of a personal revelation. I'm not being facetious. I, uh, um, yes. Anyway. <laughs> and, 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 you know, when I played this before, <laughs> it's like, was it, was that, was that pause? Was that filling the depends? I mean, what was going on there? Uh, um, but you know, he's not being facetious one way or the other. And, uh, I think I'm, I'm impressed. That, I appreciate that. I, I'm impressed that he still remembers what facetious means if he does at all. Um, so anyway, uh, and oh, just a, a fair warning here. We, we've got a lot of different stories. We have no theme this week. Uh, there'll be no good segues, which I, I pride myself on the segues. <laughs> or bad segues. Or whichever. bad segues. A segue is a segue. You know, you, you use it to get downtown of uh, Jekyll Island. Um, but anyway, uh, the top story this week seems to be uh, that Maine and Colorado, which Richard just informed me today that Colorado rescinded all this, have both disqualified Trump from being on the primary ballot, uh, citing the 14th Amendment. Um, you said Colorado said, nope, they're, they're just not going to do it. They, they put him back on. It's going to the Supreme Court. And uh, my opinion was, I think they were getting so much flack that if you've ever had a, a group of people and they're all in agreement on something, you think everybody else is in agreement, right? Yeah, if you're, yeah. if all the friends you have, nobody's descending or making any comments to the opposite, 
you think, well, that's the way everybody thinks. So they went ahead. Yeah, we'll just use that and put that in there. Yeah. Yeah. No, when you're when you're around, that is your not own? what it's for. You bastardize something <laughs> that was meant for the Civil War mm-hmm. and not for a president at all. It was only for Congress and Senate and that kind of stuff. And they just took it and went, "Ooh, we can do that." No, you can't. Wait I, till it hits the Supreme Court. I, no, you can't. I honestly had not known that that Fourteenth Amendment was. I didn't even know it was a thing up until recently. I, I mean, I've read through the amendments before, but I didn't remember what all of them uh, said or whatever. But that Section Three, uh, a friend of mine from North Carolina called me the other day and was telling me about the origins, and it was about the Civil War. It was about the Southerners not being able to to hold office in the uh, in the new country or whatever. Um, so I, I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, but let's, first of all, if he didn't take, he didn't take part of the insurrection. Uh, that, that's, that's the thing that gets me is like, you know, you, you can go through that. He's never been convicted of it. He's never been charged with it. It's just been because it's in the news. And these people who are doing this are all uber Democrat, that yeah. the the little gal up in uh, the Secretary of State, that she has no power to do that. I don't know how she got away with doing it, but she's just the Secretary of State who said, "Yeah, we're not going to put him on the ballot." Really? And what is your reasoning? And then there's nothing but pictures of her with uh, with Biden and Obama, and yeah. oh, she's just a hardcore. Democrat, and it's like that. That's not how it works. We're not a third world country. But to be fair, doesn't and I don't think that this is still outside of her realm of responsibility. But doesn't the Secretary of State oversee the elections of that state? I think that is part of their their uh, responsibilities. But I still think that that I don't know that this has been done except for Lincoln being taken off the ballot of, of a primary. I think that's that's anyway. Out of all yeah. those ninety one charges, like you said, not one was about for leading an insurrection, facing the 400 years in prison, not one of those charges. So he's not been charged or convicted. Secondly, you know, if he's truly a fascist or a tyrant, a racist, a Hitler-esque guy that uh, they're all trying to say he is, then just trot out the evidence and the sound bites and let nature take its course. I mean, if he's truly the bad guy, man, the orange man is so bad. If, if he's truly that bad guy, then <laughs> then let, let people see it and, and make their own mind up. But it seems Seems like every time they they charge him with something or they they call him a name, uh, it's um it, it ends up blowing up in their face. So oh, the the talking point now is all uh, he's going to be the worst thing to ever hit democracy. Well, we don't have democracy. We are a <laughs> no. we are a republic, yeah, a democratic republic. republic. People, there is a difference. Uh, you know, I, and and I think that's a lot of it, though. I mean, they they just don't want to uh, they don't want to admit that what they're doing by taking somebody off the primary ballot is actually a threat to our system, as opposed to Trump just being alive a threat to our system. But you know, what, but what the heck do I know? I, we do have a clip before we go to break. I know we're way over, but uh, the Heritage Foundation gave us some good reasons why this whole thing is unconstitutional, and as well as being a perfect example of the the TDS Trump derangement. They- are terrific. Yeah, yeah, this is good. This is a badly judged banana republic election interference. Colorado Supreme Court's decision to remove President Donald Trump from the ballot is a nakedly partisan, anti-democratic decision that ignores the law. And here's four reasons why. First, the court invoked Section 3 of the 14th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. But individuals who are elected, such as the present vice president, are not officers within the meaning of Section 3. Second, no federal court has convicted Trump of engaging in insurrection or rebellion. The Senate acquitted Trump of that charge in his second impeachment. Third, some scholars assert that Section 3 doesn't even exist anymore as a legal matter after Congress passed two amnesty acts, one in 1872 and one in 1898. Finally, prior court rulings have held that Section 3 is not self-executing, and Congress has never passed any federal law providing for enforcement, meaning that courts have no legal authority to enforce Section 3. One one more thing. I was listening to a radio show last week, and somebody called in and asked this question. I think it's a fantastic question. I want to ask everybody here. It's like, how can you lead an insurrection? If, if even if he did try to do this, why would you lead an insurrection to the government that you run? He was president, so why would he lead an insurrection? To his against own against himself against himself, and that's a great question. I don't I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. 
But anyway, um, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Ohio Governor Mike DeWine and uh, and how much of a of a goofball he actually is. So uh, hang in there. We'll be right back. It's all about common sense and fun. We'll be right back. It's tough to quit smoking. Just ask any of the 50 million Americans who continue to puff away, even though they know the toll it takes on their health and longevity. When it comes to breaking this lethal habit, the most effective tool is willpower. The American Cancer Society now offers a free video for those smokers who feel they can't quit alone. Call the American Cancer Society today at 1-800-575-2424. That's 1-800-575-2424. Hi, welcome back to Stay Off My Lawn. Segment two, uh, we're going to start off with Governor of Ohio, Mike DeWine. He vetoed a bill last week that would stop gender-affirming care for children. Uh, you don't don't understand what that means. That actually means giving puberty blockers and having their bits cut off or altered. Um, the bill also would prevent trans people from competing in sports that don't align with their, uh, let's say, chromosomal DNA. <laughs> So anyway, this is wow. how it, are we getting technical? See, I, I, I'm not I'm not being facetious either. Um, <laughs> <laughs> here's Governor Mike DeWine uh, explaining himself. And since that time, I've sought out people on all sides of the issue to hear their concerns. I listened to the bill sponsor, Representative Gary Click, and had a very good conversation with him. I appreciate that he and his colleagues have shined a light on this very important issue. Were I to sign House Bill 68, or were House Bill 68 to become law, Ohio would be saying that the state, that the government, knows better what is medically best for a child than the two people who love that child the most, the parents. Now, While there are rare times in the law, in other circumstances, where the state overrules the medical decisions made by the parents, I can think of no example where this is done, where it is not only against the decision of the parents, but also against the medical judgment of the treating physician and against the judgment of the treating team of medical experts. Therefore, I cannot sign this bill as it is currently written. And just a few minutes ago, I vetoed the bill. Can you can you say rhino? I mean, this guy's just R I N O R I N O. Anyway, yeah, he's uh, you know, and and the point he was trying to make is that you know you shouldn't the government should not get involved in what the the, the parents and 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 the and for for the most part blanketly I I believe that but when it comes to ruining a child's life and 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 possibly altering their choices in the future choices to have children choices to breastfeed or choices you know a lot of those choices are taken away once you start down this road. Uh, it's taken away. Yeah. You, you suddenly, instead of having a, a full realm of choices to make, you don't exactly, they, they, they no longer exist. It's not like, Oh, well, we'll fix that later. No, no. you don't get that opportunity. It's, yeah. it's done did. No, and to, to take and uh, mutilate children that I'm sorry, until you're 18, 20, 18 years old, then, and then it's your own regret. Right, but right. up until that point, I'm sorry, that's, that's not for you to make. A, a kid can't make those kind of decisions. They just can't. If I had a 13 or 14-year-old come up and my 13 or 14-year-old say that that's what they want, it's like, you know what? Start saving your money now because when you turn 18 and you are on your own, then you'll have enough money to go ahead and pay for that surgery because you're not going to find any insurance company to do it. But, you know, to, to your point, though, you can't have at 14, 15 years old, you can't get a tattoo. You can't drink beer. Nope. You can't join the military. You can't You can't drive a car. I mean, <laughs> so, but but you're okay with chopping your penis off? I, I've, I've got a problem with that. Or, or at least taking drugs to where things don't develop naturally. Uh, well, and they're saying that they, they want to, uh, you know, I want to have a baby. Well, that's a whole set of 
parts that have to be installed because you can't. And for one, it sure ain't going to happen naturally because a woman's um, hips are at, oh, what is it, 90 degrees or something? Or maybe it's men's that's 90 and women is 120 so that it makes room room for um, the birth canal someone had a baby uh like a plastic baby skull thing and they go clink clink ain't gonna go through a man's head it's not gonna happen yeah. and the women's boop. <laughs> what how does that they, sound go again boop. Oh, that's okay. how mine were all born oh, wow. didn't your sound like yeah. way when they no, showed up Bar- barbara barbara had her. a c-section she's only five foot two and our baby was 10 pounds two ounces so it's like <laughs> 10 pounds of crap yeah. in a five pound bag. It just was not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Ours was all, you know, well, the first one was nine and a half pounds, 23 and a half inches. Gosh, so yeah. every no C-sections in our house. Poor, poor Barbara. I would never, and they tried, they tried to make it all, all happen. Um, so anyway, uh, remember a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about uh, commentator, CNN commentator, Van Jones. Uh, he had that little bit of a rant after listening to Vivek, which I guess really <laughs> kind of set him on his heels. He was, he was so upset. He was shaking. Uh, anyway, uh-huh. to, to remind you is a little bit of that. And the smug, condescending way that he just spews this poison out is very, very dangerous because he won't stop Trump, but he's gonna outlive Trump by about 50 years. And you're watching the rise of an American demagogue that is a very, very despicable person. Yeah. And I, I'm, I literally, I, I, was, I was shaking listening to him talk because a lot of people don't know that is one step away from Nazi propaganda coming out of his mouth. <laughs> be careful. Well, if this is someone who ought to, that's a pot calling the kettle black, <laughs> as they used to say, it's like, really? You ought to know propaganda, pal. <laughs> well, that's true too. But you know, never, this, this may be a lesson to never let your testosterone levels dip that low. To where, <laughs> he had to, to go to his safe room. I mean, yeah. I mean, just because somebody says something, I mean, I've heard you speak before Van Jones. I've never had to shake because I was just so, I was just so upset. Um, anyway, Vivek, <laughs> <laughs> During a speech last week, he addressed some of the good points of those silly comments. We had to bleep some of this out. So if uh, if all it didn't get bleeped out, I apologize. But here we go. We got to open our eyes to see that disease of dishonesty. The same government that has lied to us yep. about not only what happened on 9-11, but the weapons of mass destruction in yep. Iraq about the basis for the 2008 bailouts and the financial crisis, about the Trump-Russia collusion hoax that never was, about the Hunter Biden laptop story, which we absolutely know to be true, about exactly what happened on January 6th to the origin of COVID-19, to the Nashville transgender shooter manifesto, to how our own money is being spent in Ukraine today. We demand a government that tells us the truth again in this country. Yep. That's what we require. We can handle the truth. That's what it means to be a citizen of this country. <laughs> so I say that on that last debate stage to a bunch of Republicans that are shaking in their boots. These are the things you're not supposed to say in the Republican Party even today. And then you get the mainstream media. You got this character Van Jones on CNN afterwards saying, this is the rise of an American demagogue who's going to live 50 years longer than Trump. This is dangerous. I am shaking. That's what he says. (laughs) Just shut the f*** up. (laughs) At a certain point, just shut the f*** up. (laughs) Van Jones at CNN. (laughs) Well, <laughs> he speaks a lot like Trump, doesn't he? Um, well, and this is why CNN has gone from big, huge towers. You've been there. You've yeah, seen the, there the facility. Yeah. And they've gone back to the original studio that they started in. It's a little small building outside of town now. Yeah, yeah. If you, They're if, so close to being bottoms up. I, the only thing I can think of is that uh, Soros is keeping them afloat. That that does make sense because, yeah, their, their numbers don't seem to add up. Uh, but when I've been to that CNN, I think there were two towers. 
hours. And there was a, mm-hmm. there was a big, uh, big place down at the bottom where they had restaurants and all kinds of stuff. It was a complex. It was beautiful. And uh, mm-hmm. they, they took us upstairs, did a tour through headline news. And it actually during a, uh, a broadcast, a live broadcast, somebody was talking to Mike Galanos or somebody was talking. But anyway, it was, it was fan- fascinating, absolutely fascinating. But uh, to, to see where they are now to see, after their heyday, I mean, it, it's really kind of sad. Well, all, all the propaganda stuff that they've done that's been proven propaganda yeah. and falsehoods, uh, who the hell's going to listen to that crap? And that's the majority of and why newspapers and various other things are just dropping like flies one after another. Nobody watches the local news anymore. No, no, I because know, I they're don't. just as bad. They've got all the same. They're they're owned by some conglomerate that says you will all say this, which we've seen. Mm hmm. We sure have with COVID for sure. That was, that was, uh, that was easily, uh, somebody put that together for very easily. It was like 30 stations that they were saying the exact copy and pasted message. Yep. Um, but you know, I, I, it reminds me of this video. There's a, there's a trend on social media and I wish they would just stop, <laughs> but there's a, I don't know if you heard while Vivek was, was talking, there's somebody going, yep, yep. Yep. <laughs> Like it, there, there's, there's a trend on social media where they have the clip playing and then they have their face uh, on split screen, just oh, go, yeah. pointing towards the, the video, shaking their head. Yes. It's like, that's, you know, and, and maybe, maybe I'm just old fashioned, but that's just stupid. <laughs> Why are you doing that? Just to get your face on social media. I just don't. I, anyway, that's my little rant. Uh, I'm, uh, this, it's my old guy. Things that drive me crazy <laughs> of the week. Um, yeah, anyway. it's, uh, there's a lot of people that's just uh, the woke stuff is, is not going over. Uh, somebody was saying that, uh, uh, you know, the, the Bud Light thing is, Oh, it's kind of blown. No, it hasn't blown over. They're they're in deep duties, and now they're having to deal with a strike that's been voted on and probably going to happen soon. And they just keep digging a deeper hole. You know, they didn't I, want to apologize, and boy, is it killing them. I've talked to so a couple. All of, this propaganda stuff is coming back to bite them. It sure is. Speaking of Bud Light, I talked to a couple of guys I used to work with. Of course, I'd, I'd spent twenty five years at, at Budweiser, and uh, they were saying that um, that the, the vote ended up being ninety nine percent. To walk, yep. which uh, yep. it, it, that's, that's that's unheard rare. of, unheard yeah. of. Um, so anyway, that'll be interesting to see that shake out. I think the uh, the contract is up at the end of February, so they got a little bit of time left to uh, yeah. to. But they they want they want big things and they need big things. So I mean, uh, uh, definitely with the workers on this one because you know Budweiser since we got they got bought out, it's 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 an awful place. Um, but anyway, one of our favorite congresswomen, Harriet Hageman. Uh, oh, love Harriet. <laughs> she uh, since they weren't going to officially censure uh, Adam Schiff, uh, but she did it herself. Recently recently. <laughs> this isn't going to do anything necessarily, but uh, it's, it's good to hear somebody publicly saying what she's saying. This member's actions were designed to delegitimize the 2016 election and to hamstring the Trump administration. For all the talk about not accepting at the election results in 2020, perhaps Democrats in the media, which are mostly one and the same, might want to look at their actions in 2016. To make matters worse, this representative perpetuated these lies while he was chair of the House Intel Committee and consistently implied, if not outright stated, that he had inside information. In that capacity, he lied about how the FBI and DOJ obtained and renewed a FISA warrant. The FBI and DOJ officials did not omit material information from the FISA warrant. How the DOJ used the Steele dossier, what was collected via the FISA warrant, the FBI's vetting process for the Steele dossier, that he had an alleged smoking gun showing that President Trump colluded with, with, with Russia, and if each of these claims has proven to be false. But the lies have continued. He didn't have any smoking gun. If anything, there was smoke coming out of his ears because <laughs> there's a dumpster on fire in there. <laughs> wow. But smoking gun. Yeah. yeah. I think he mistook something else that was, he was smoking, dude. <laughs> yeah, it was a gun. He is from California, dude. So, I well, mean, that's stuff, true. Stuff happens. Oh, Lord. Stuff gets lit yeah. on fire and everybody gets so philosophical, dude. It's going to be. Anyway, uh, we're, we're up against a break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about Act Blue. If you've never heard of Act Blue like me uh, up until recently, then uh, this will be some pretty interesting news. So hang in there. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Kendra Rains, and I love these two old guys. That's why I listen to the Stay Off My Lawn podcast. 
and you should too. If you're talking, they will hear you. Why are we getting killed like this? Kyle's not here. Got caught drinking beer in the park a couple of nights ago. Really? Yeah. Zero tolerance. He's out for the season. Harsh. Hey, he knew not to drink. We've made that clear to all of our kids, right? Uh, no, not really. Bill, if we don't tell them what we expect and why they shouldn't drink, how are they going to know? Talk. They hear you. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Welcome back to Stay Off My Lawn. Halfway through, we're starting segment three. And um, have you ever heard of Act Blue? I think. Uh, no, that is, I am. It's rare that we don't have something that both of us haven't already seen or <laughs> are familiar with. I've not got a clue. So I'm going to listen. According to their website, they have raised almost $13 billion online. And for what you ask, uh, again, according to their website, and this is a quote, our platform is available for Democratic candidates and committees, progressive organizations, and nonprofits. So they're raising money for Democratic candidates for office. So why do we care? $13 billion. 13, Holy I, crap and I, And if I remember correctly, they started in 2004. So it's been a little bit while. Uh, oh, okay. Been a little while. But still. But why do we care? So, But a, there was a recent investigation into this group, and uh, they found that ActBlue revealed that over 60% of the money donated over the years has come from China. No, really? <laughs> but you would think this would be headline news everywhere. It would, it would, everybody would be talking about this, but they, of course, are not. Um, yeah, gee, what would be the reason? So now I understand why it's Act Blue. It's the blues that, yeah, I got it all now. Yeah, you would think that would be in the news. No, maybe Epic Times would have something about it or uh, some of those uh, uh, Glenn Beck channel. Uh, Blaze TV, possibly, you know. but not our mainstream yeah. propaganda machine. Definitely no. not, because I think that's big news because everybody that, you know, whenever you and I or, or anybody says that, you know, China is interfering with the elections or even when they said Russia was interfering back in 2016 turned out to be not necessarily true. If they were interfering, it was for the other side. Um, but but And that's just came out too, by the way. Yeah, they, but they, they like to say that's a conspiracy theory. Oh, China's not involved in it. Well, obviously they are. Uh, George Soros is involved. So I, I, don't, I don't know if they've come out with hard numbers on that but it's like he funds a lot of these local da uh, offices and and you know the all the cities in the u.s why are they run by such left-wing da's because they are fully funded by the world economic forum um mm -hmm. which you know obviously you start at the grassroots and that's how you get things done and they have been extremely successful i have to give them props they know what they're doing when it comes to this stuff so um, anyway, is another name that I never heard of before. Uh, her name is Vera Jarova. Jira, Jirova. Anyway, okay, sure. She's a Czech politician, uh, and exactly why we've never heard of her. But she's a, also a lawyer, and she has been the vice president of the European Commission for Values and Transparency since uh, December 2019. Uh, she had an interesting take on what free speech is. Which eh, pay attention. After Mr. Musk took over the Twitter with his freedom of speech absolutism, um, we are the protectors of freedom of speech as well. But at the same time, we cannot accept, uh, for instance, uh, the illegal content online and so on. So uh, our message was clear. We have the rules which, has to, which have to be complied with and otherwise there will be sanctions. I think that uh, the confidence has been weekend and I, I had quite high level of confidence when it comes to Twitter. I have to say that we work with knowledgeable people, with the lawyers, with the sociologists who understood that they have to behave in some decent way, not to cause really big harm to the society. I always felt that this, this notion of responsibility was there. So this is what I don't feel from uh, Elon Musk personally, but, but we will see. He was invited to the European Parliament. I'm, I'm, I wonder whether it will happen. 
Das ist not good, ja? This is just simple. You will obey what we are telling you and everything will be fine, yeah? If you had trouble understanding what the heck she was talking about, she does not like Elon Musk because he is an absolutist when it comes to free speech, which I like that too. Um, but yeah, she says, yeah, but there's, but there's, uh, there's limitations. We are actually the... Uh, yeah, let me take this. Yeah, uh, anyway, yeah, no, that... That's what they're doing. Oh, their recent thing in Davos or wherever they're at there is, Schwab is up to telling everyone, you must do what we tell you. We are going to have this. What are you? Who elected you, world leader? Why is it always Germans that do this? You know, what the hell? A, I don't get this. That's a good point. You got uh, it's not just him; it's the other guy too. The, uh, the, the 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 Great Reset guy. I can't think of his name. Uh, you got Charles uh, Charles Schwab. You got um, uh, I just can't think. Uh, Klaus Schwab, but I mean, there, there's another guy too that I can't think of that's with the World Economic Forum. But they're either they're either Austrian or they're German. Yeah, but they always speak the German. Uh, it's yeah. very very interesting. Yeah. Um, of course, uh, I think Obama had said that Austrians speak Austrian, but they they actually speak German. Just to kind of clear that up, uh, <laughs> he did. Oh my! God. He did. He did. I actually had that clip saved, and it was on my old computer. I don't have it anymore. <laughs> Uh, speaking the Austrian language, that's very interesting. Um, Uh. (laughs) So, you know, and and all these things just kind of keep happening. As we head into that, uh, this this new year, it's an election year, of course. God knows what's going to happen. I mean, I would not have predicted anything that 2023 had in store for us. But uh, um, the federal government wanted to forcibly make you comply with a measure uh, if you remember back in uh, 2020, uh, that keep the old and the young from getting the supposed super flu. Uh, back in August, there was an exchange between on the House floor between uh, Jerry Nadler uh, from New York and Chip Roy from Texas. And just to kind of remind us of how this went, this was I, I never I don't think I ever played this clip, but it was fantastic. When we have a pandemic like COVID-19 pandemic that we had, two year olds should have been required to wear masks. It would be child abuse for parents not to do that because there was no vaccination available for two-year-olds. And the only way to protect them against COVID, against COVID was to have them wear masks. Well, I'm tempted to yield all my time to the gentleman from New York because he's basically making the case for me more effectively than I can. I want everybody in America to understand what they just heard from the ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee in the United States House of Representatives. Your two-year-old should be forced to be masked. That is what the ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee just said here on the floor of the House of Representatives, that the power of the government, the full power of the federal government, should be a part of ensuring and forcing your children, your two-year-old child, to be masked. (laughs) And remember... It, Jerry it, is so on the wrong side oh, of everything. He's he, just like, what? They, they would use guns against their own country? He's just like, well, we're just going to take everything over. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. You know, anyway. and, and, and I can't help but, and I've seen some memes on this, and we, we've talked, me and a friend of mine uh, have talked about this previously. It's like, not only does he look like the penguin from the first Batman movie, um, but he, wants. he just does. Um, but, you know, he's just so wrong on everything. Like you said, he couldn't be more wrong on, on this totally. Um, but, you know, they, they're so focused on vaccines now. Vaccines is the answer. And to me, and I heard a comedian talk about this the other day, the, you know, if, if Joe Biden has j- just would just stop telling us that we needed to get the vaccine, he goes, he was headed out the door one time and he heard Joe Biden say, you need to go get the vaccine. He goes, wait a minute, something's up. <laughs> So every time they tried to push it down your throat, the 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 more he was like backing off because I I, I just don't there's something something weird about this something amiss. Um, I, I I think you ought to be just careful about any of these vaccines, the RSVs, the, just all of it. And yeah, I'm not what the heck is all of a sudden you're yeah. old RSV, you're going to die from where the hell did this come from and what is. We, like we, what? We've been around uh, somebody that had RSV just recently. We were watching babies; they had RSV, and one of them spent a couple nights in the hospital. She was she was really sick, sick. You know, I mean, their little, uh, you know, little um, um, breathing tubes are very, very tiny, so any kind of right. inflammation it really messes them up. But I mean, we were around them, and we're old, and we're supposed to get get it bad. It's not just a cold. I keep seeing these ads for RSV. You need to get a shot. The more they tell me I need to get a shot, the more. 
more wary I am of all this stuff. Yeah, that's uh, right. That's why I've, I've not had a flu shot in about no. three years. And now they're pushing, you need to get a flu and another yep. flipping booster. Because if your blood isn't black rubber goo enough, it <laughs> needs to have more added to it. And we are not giving any medical advice. Talk to your doctor. But but I'm just saying that you need For me, to- no. God has given us all an immune system. And, and if yours works, I don't see where, where there's all this stuff is necessary. I have not, I'm, I'm with you. I haven't taken a flu shot in many, many years. Uh, I, I just not, I, I just don't think we need to inject ourselves with things. That's why our immune systems are, are weaker in some cases, because we have constantly, uh, we, we've taken antibiotics when we don't necessarily have to. We've taken uh, these vaccines we don't necessarily have to. And it's just, I think it's weakening our immune system. But, you know, that's just that's just my little opinion. I am not telling you what to do. I'm just saying. <laughs> These opinions are only ours and not meant as medical advice. Port- portions there. of the previous show has been pre-recorded. Um, <laughs> speaking of the super flu, <laughs> former Minnesota Governor Jesse Ventura interviewed a lady named Dr. Reno Light oh, layback. yes. Yeah. Yes, I saw this. This is scary. Yeah, it is scary. But it was, this was back in 2009. She made some interesting predictions. Uh, see if you can figure out what she said. Very short time, not today, not tomorrow, but very soon, we'll be facing compulsory vaccination under the mistaken term of voluntary vaccination. But the U.S. government has a trick up their sleeve. Which is? They will induce a pandemic. You're going to get the flu. Everybody around us is going to get the flu. If people start dying massively from these inoculations, won't there be like a revolution, a rebellion, a rising up from the peasants? (laughs) Only some of us peasants. Apparently only Republicans will rise up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And not all of them either. (laughs) The Follow along with the rest of the lemmings as you go off the cliff. Uh, <laughs> not necessarily Republicans. Uh, exactly. It, but, you know, the, there's still Republicans that are kind of bought into the whole thing, too. It's it's really, you know, the whole thing is just so sad. I just can't believe people. Yeah, she was just 11 years ahead of her time. Yep. Wow. Yep. She 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 called it. Absolutely. Um, now, how she knew that, that that's another good question. Uh, I, I don't even know what she was involved with, but she heard some... Uh, she heard some good things, or she heard some bad predictions anyway. Yeah. Um, so anyway, take that as uh, as you will. Um, we have spoken about, and of course, we, we keep going through stories. We have so many stories. It's a brand new year. It's going to- I love these segues are just like, there isn't one. Just go to the next thing. <laughs> non-existent. Portions of these programs have not had a segue yet. Um, we, we have spoken about the CBDC, or the Central Bank Digital Currency, before, and how the rollout- uh, We'll have it replace the currency we we have in the U.S. right now. Uh, but here's a reporter on Epic TV, I think it was, and he's asking a great question. Here's a question. Would you let someone implant a microchip into your hand if you would receive $2,000 a month in return for getting a chip put in your hand? You heard me right. We'll give you universal basic income, basically. 2,000 euros, $2,000 a month if you allow us to put a microchip in in your hand. That's exactly what's about to happen as part of the rollout of the central bank digital currencies. That's a carrot for them to rope you into this mess. We'll get to that part of the story in a minute. The chip implantation process, not the corn chip, as Dan said in our chat, but a actual <laughs> metallic <laughs> tracking chip. Um, but a new oh, report just like published this week by the Bank for International Settlements explains how our new digital money system is about to work. We've been warning you that this, this was coming for a long time on this show. Also, we weren't the only ones predicting this. It was predicted in a little book. You might have heard of it called uh, The Bible, The Mark of the Beast. Uh, for one thing, this new system, this is how this new system would operate. According to them, the Bank for International Settlements, the new reserve currency, forget the dollar as you know it, basically. This will be the new reserve currency, which is what how they want to label it and how they are labeling it. This would be used to settle all transactions. As everyone moves away from the U.S. dollar right now, this seems like perfect timing to be moving to this new system. So- 
Mm. You know, there was a lot of uh, uh, response to this clip on Instagram, and a lot of people said, wow, as soon as you mentioned the Bible, you lost me. You're, you're an idiot and that, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, but you got to think that re- the book of Revelation was written by John 1,900 years ago, uh, a little bit more than 1,900 years ago. And he predicted uh, through through God's inspiration that that's how we were going to pay for things, through a, something on your hand or something in your, in your forehead. So it's like— um, I think that that should get your attention one way or the other, whether you believe any of it or not. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's very interesting. Um, so anyway, uh, we're up against another break. And when we come back, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to talk about people switching from their democratic party to the Republican party and why in the world that would be happening. So, <laughs> <laughs> hang in there. We'll be right back. If you're in our demographic, it might be a good time to go and pee. We'll be right back in just a minute. Hi, I'm Jimmy Buffett. Save the Manatee Club has helped to protect imperiled manatees and their aquatic habitat for decades, but there's still more work to be done. Threats from cold weather, red tides, pollution, and boat collisions continue to take their toll on the manatee. So let's work together to safeguard the manatees and the places they call home. Be the friend they need. Visit savethemanatee.org. Thank you. Welcome back to Stay Off My Lawn, segment four. Uh, Woohoo! Be- oh, be- I'm sorry. <laughs> before I forget, next week we're going to try to work out where we have a uh, a guest in the studio with us, and uh, if Steve can work that out, he's on he's on the phone right now. I think he's 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 I think he, he looks like he's ordering a pizza. I don't know what he's doing in there, but um, we're going to try to get uh, <laughs> turn off his oh, microphone. And just yeah. lighten up, will you? He's just giving you a bad time. Jeez, he is so serious about it. Everything. Anyway, <laughs> friend of mine. Go, go back to your side of the glass. Okay, he's gone. <laughs> if we can work it out, as a friend of mine, uh, former former broadcaster Marty Cop, uh, he's a he's a really good guy, and he's uh, he's a lot of fun. So I think that would be a, a good uh, addition to our show, and uh, we'll explain to you why next week or the week after why we're uh, having different guests. We're going to have somebody else, I think, the week after. Um, so anyway, uh, we have heard a lot of stories on the average every people switching to the Republican Party. And and maybe it's just happened to be the videos we see on YouTube or whatever. You know, maybe there's people saying they're switching the other way. I don't know. Uh, but we found someone with a unique perspective. This is a lady named Annabella Rockwell. She explains her stance on the Democratic Party that she left. I walked away from the Democratic Party in 2020, but not until after working on not one, but two political campaigns for them. So in 2016, I worked for Hillary Clinton, and in 2018, I worked on the Andrew Gillum campaign with some internships sprinkled in between there for my Democratic House representative, because, of course, come 2020, I'm watching riots in the streets, okay? And it's finally clicking, like, burning down businesses isn't helping anyone. How are we helping people? people. Now, that same summer, I had the juxtaposition of seeing the Republican National Convention and the Democratic National Convention. And I remember watching the DNC and everyone that got up there was like, oh, well, I'm a woman and or I'm black and or I'm a minority. Whereas on the flip, the Republicans, a lot of them looked different, but they just got up there and they were like, yeah, okay, so this is what I stand for. You know, Second Amendment, free speech, let's protect our border, let's lower taxes, like let's build up Americans and our capitalist system. And I remember thinking, wow, I have been so brainwashed into thinking I'm a woman, so I have to vote Democrat. And on the flip, if you really think about it, isn't that kind of misogynistic for me as a woman to be told because you're a woman, you have to think a certain way? Here, come under this umbrella. We're all the others. We're all second class citizens. We know that democratic policies don't work. Perhaps in theory, perhaps on paper, they seem like they are more kind, but they're actually not rooted in reality and truth. So I walked away. Thank gosh for 2020. 
you know, if you, if you want to listen to some good points on this, look up Candace Owens on uh, on YouTube. She's she's got some great comments on this, saying you know, just because I was black, I thought that, that I needed to vote for uh, uh, Democrats, and she she got a big awakening too. Um, uh, well, and there's another one on PragerU, uh, Amala Ekonobi. Oh, yeah. Um, she was, she's a very young lady that is extremely bright. She's very yep. smart. Yep. And her mother still supports, she was helping with campaigns and going out and young people for Democrats. And boy, she was just doing all the rhetoric. And then one day she looked around and went, wait a minute. This, <laughs> this is not, no. <laughs> and, uh, she is, uh, um, very good to deal with and her speeches. She lets people, yep. you have something to say. She'll listen to you and have a rebuttal that's not being nasty about it. There was another black lady that, since we're on this subject, that uh, she was a Democrat and for some newspaper or something. And so she went to a Republican rally. She goes, I was so dreading this, but it was for the story. So I had to go. She said, I didn't want to hear all this racist and everybody just being rude. She goes, I was just, somebody else that was at a big rally where everything was positive and, and she just went, and, well, this yeah. is not what we're being told. <clears throat> and so she moved over to the other side. Sure, sure. Republicans are demonized for that kind of thing all the time. And it's just not true. It's not uh, true at all. It's, it's, it's all lies. Like right now, the talking point against Trump is, uh, that, uh, you know, he's, a uh, going to ruin the democracy, which we don't have anyway. Um, but it's uh, it, everywhere you hear it, that is what they're saying and what's brought up. It doesn't matter where, doesn't matter what newsroom, they're all saying exactly the same thing again. And critical minds can hear that and go, they're fear-mongering. They're, all they're doing yep. is just trying to make everybody yep. just, you know, vote the way we tell you to vote. You got to trust us because they are going to try to take it away from you. Or they're just because they're they're requiring voter, voter ID or they're pushing for voter ID, which I don't even know what states don't require voter uh, an ID to vote. Uh, Mostly and blue. And, and I guess there are some out there, but I've never lived in one, thankfully. Nope. Uh, but Same here. Idaho, we've shown had to show an ID to vote for I don't know how long. Yeah, every, it's just, you just do it. It's no big deal. Everybody has stuff. And I love when some of these guys are going out. Uh, one guy did it, uh, went to essentially downtown Brooklyn and was asking black people as they went by. I'm surprised somebody didn't clock him, but <laughs> as, uh, just was wondering, taking a poll, <clears throat> do you have your ID? Well, of course I've got my ID, yeah. you know, the, but the, but the democratic uh, spewing is that black people are too stupid and, and they're just inept enough that they, they can't go get an ID. The hell you can't. Is that not racist in and of itself? Yes, I mean, it, it is. And some of them are going, that's no, that's not right. When you have uh, black leaders in Chicago saying, yeah, we want to talk to Trump. Yeah. Yeah. Something's you, not being you, done right. They're tired the line. of what's going on. Yeah. And I think what really pushed pushed them over the edge, and I think that a lot of New Yorkers too, was is all the illegal immigration. I think that's mm -hmm. it, it, at least that is waking some people up and going, you know what? We, we just can't continue down this road. We can't be like, you know, it, it just, she did mention one thing on a fun side note. She mentioned working for Andrew Gillum. Uh, if you don't know who Andrew Gillum is, he was, uh, he ran for governor against, uh, Ron DeSantis back in 2018 and he barely lost now. I mean, it was very close race, uh, but he was being investigated for a bunch of shady stuff. And in 2022, he was invited, indicted on 21 felony counts, including wire fraud, conspiracy, making false sta statements, uh, allegedly diverting money raised during the campaign to a company controlled by one of his top advisors. The guy is just, he's, he's in, he's in big trouble. Um, as they say, crooked as a dog's hind leg. <laughs> but it, I think that, you know, when she worked for that campaign and obviously she might've seen something in there too. You know what I mean? I, I, I really like that she was good enough to say that, uh, and to be honest about why she chose to go over to the Republican side. It's not about being, uh, just because somebody is painted as a Republican doesn't mean they're racist, misogynist, or or Hitler-esque, or, or a, a fascist. Don't believe all that hype. You know, just think it's for yourself. It's generally just wanting freedom. Government, leave me alone, and I'll be fine. Yep. I don't want handouts. I will figure out how to make it do on my own, yeah, which yeah. a lot of people have. Um, they were uh, showing pictures yesterday. Somebody had in Chicago has gotten so bad that there are, are Hamas people in Hamas uh, 
uh, gear walking the streets of Chicago doing what they do, looting and whatever oh, else. Oh, and uh, they're just openly doing it now. So don't tell me that the stuff coming across the border isn't bad. Oh, we need immigration. Not like that. We don't. No, no. That's so why not, we have laws and rules. So Hamas is just, it's not just for uh, uh, Harvard campuses and NYU and all that. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Boy, that's, anyway. a, that's a whole other oh, story. Oh, you got another fun one here. I love this <laughs> lieutenant governor of uh, North Carolina. Uh, was it North Carolina? Yeah, North Carolina. Yeah. Oh, he's awesome. This, this was one of the best speeches I've heard. I went, Whoa, good for you. <laughs> he did a great job. Mark Robinson is the lieutenant governor of North Carolina. He was talking about the Second Amendment. So here he is. Let's just suppose these Antifa people showed up at your house, 15, 30, 40 deep, and all you had was a six-shot shotgun. Wouldn't make it very long, would you? But if I got an AR-15 with 30, 32 in the clip and 16 or 20 more clips laying down there on the ground, magazines on the ground, I can hold them off pretty good with that. <laughs> Hold them on pretty good. You see, people have gotten the wrong idea about what our Second Amendment is. Our Second Amendment ain't got a thing to do with duck hunting, skeet shooting, or the shooting sports. Not a thing. Our founding fathers didn't just finish a skeet shooting match. They just finished freeing this nation from the most powerful army on earth. The Second Amendment of our Constitution stands for one purpose and one purpose only. To defend this nation against enemies foreign and domestic and to ensure that the people of this nation can defend themselves in their homes and keep their freedom, even if that means fighting their own government. Yeah, I said it. And see, elected officials ain't supposed to say stuff like that. Not supposed to. It's not politically correct. But that Constitution I read and the history books I read tell me this. Governments who have all the guns and have all the power always become despotic and become a terror to the people. He is so right. They always become despotic. That is no doubt. Uh, uh, the, that's one of the best speeches on the Second yeah. Amendment I've heard from anybody. That's it in a nutshell, people. He keeps it talking was not like that. There. Skeet shooting. Are you kidding me? Back <laughs> in the day, they're not going to waste any kind of powder on something that was just for fun. That's no, not no. what you did with a gun. <laughs> I still think it's wasteful. Uh, but but it, he keeps talking like that, though. He, be, he keeps giving speeches like that. He's going to be on the national stage, and he should be. He's, uh, yeah. he's, he's fantastic. Um, so anyway, we have a palate cleanser. Uh, I think we need that. We've got a lot of different flavors going on in oh. our mouth we need to get rid of. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's just not <laughs> really not good, Yeah. <laughs> So. so this is something I found since you're, I'm moving it over so I can read it in front of my face and not sideways. Let me get my glasses on to see if I can <laughs> see that. Hold. This is kind of a Paul Harvey type story where uh, the wife finds these and she sends them to me. Uh, I think it's from a site on Facebook. Uh, people you may not have heard about, but probably should. Yeah, so she go. sent that and I started reading it and went, wow, I Never heard anything about this. So this is about Ida and Louise Cook. <clears throat> so let's see how we get through this. They were unmarried sisters in their mid-30s who lived with their parents. One wrote romance novels for Mills and Boone, which is England's Harlequin equivalent, if you will. And the other commuted from their sleepy London suburb to work as a secretary for the civil service. They wore homemade clothes and shared a love of opera. They loved opera so much that they would go to Germany for the weekend just to see the opera there in the 30s. If anybody is listening to the timeline, <laughs> not a good time to go to Germany. <laughs> no, so no one's going on there. I forgot what it was. Yeah. <laughs> no one paid attention to them crossing the border. A couple of dowdy old women in their homemade clothes, nor on the return trip with their furs and jewels. What Ida and Louise were doing, in addition to going to their beloved opera, of course, was collecting valuables from would-be refugees who helped them in their new lives. The sisters would find people who would vouch for the refugees, find people willing to home them, assemble papers for them, and even rented an apartment as a temporary space for refugees just arrived. 
The sisters used their own money for this so the refugees could sell their valuables for money to help them settle in. The women entered and left through different checkpoints, so the guards, same guards maybe, wouldn't be able to um, notice their sudden acquisition of too much jewelry and furs, and created a lie about the valuables in their purses as, oh, well, we can't leave them in our apartment when we aren't there. <laughs> Makes perfect sense, doesn't exactly. it? They acted simple and foolish and were never caught. They did eventually halt their visits over the border after directly rescuing 29 people, mostly families. But they did not stop working. They continued to raise money and awareness and to help refugees in England. The sisters were honored as righteous among the nations of Yad Vashem, the World Holocaust Remembrance Center, in 1964. Ida wrote a memoir that was republished as Safe Passage in 2008. And it plays down their role, saying that what they offered wasn't much. In exchange for saving lives, they only needed some trouble, some eloquence, and some money. That's uh, that's uh, you know, just they, it. They were just doing it because they felt it was the right thing to do, not for any mm -hmm. political reasons or what. It's just something that they felt like they needed to do. So they had things figured out. Yeah. And if you see a picture of these women, um, they look like, remember the two sisters in um, uh, Arsenic and Old Lace? Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, the two sisters and that, if you've ever watched the old, those two little, they were just, oh, we're, we've got another victim. Well, we've got the, oh, we have another. They're just doing it because that's what they do. Perfect. Um, so they just, uh, they look so unassuming. Why would you think anything else? Yeah. And I, I just thought that was really a cool story. My my wife found it and sent it, and so I got to use it. Today. You know, there were a lot of unsung heroes from World War II that that did yes. very similar things, and uh, or at least even before World War II. You know, because th there was a lot of uh, you want to talk about fascism. I mean, that that's a perfect picture of fascism is Germany yep. from the 1930s. Um, so anyway, uh, we hope you were somewhat informed, and that was a great story there at the end, uh, and had fun like we did. I think we laughed way too much. And and uh, we'll, we'll work on that. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, there's always our website, stayoffmylawn.us, for all of our past and present episodes. And we will see you next week in episode 51, folks. Woohoo! We're getting almost to a year. See you later. Doodles! Well, we had fun and hope you did too. The opinions heard here today are not those of anyone other than Mike and Richard. If it made you laugh or go, hmm, or even, huh, then we've done our job. Sort of. Mostly, anyway. And if we made you think about things in a common sense manner, we welcome you to the club. And if it didn't, then just stay off my lawn. See you next time.